بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی فرسٹ آف سپٹمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ of the glorious city of our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa al-madinah and the last thing i mentioned was the report in which it mentions that harun alayhi salatu wa salam on his return journey from the hajj and umrah he passed away on mount uhud and he was buried there so just a few things to add one of the brothers mentioned that harun alayhi salatu wa salam He was the direct forefather of Ummul Mu'mineen, Sayyidah Safiyyah radiyallahu anhu. So it was an honor for Sayyidah Safiyyah, also an additional honor that her forefather was buried on Mount Uhud. And another point which one of the brothers mentioned was that Harun alayhi salatu wa salam, his blessed grave overlooks where the blessed martyrs of Uhud lay buried. I, the 70 blessed martyrs. And maybe it was for this reason that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Oh, how I wish I was also buried under the mountain. In Imam Ahmad and his Musnad indicating there was some great virtue there. But in reality, one should not find this surprising in the least. Because in a report, our beloved messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Arba'atu Ajbulin min jibalil jannah. Four mountains are from the mountains of paradise. Uhud. Jabalun yuhibbuna wa nuhibbu. Uhud. We love it and it loves us. Jabalun min jibalil jannah. Wa waliqanu jabalun min jibalil jannah. From amongst the mountains of the mountains of paradise. is Mount Wariqan from the mountains of paradise. وَلُبْنَانُ جَبَلٌ مِنْ جِبَالِ الْجَنَّةِ Mount Lubnan from the mountains of paradise. وَتُورٌ جَبَلٌ مِنْ جِبَالِ الْجَنَّةِ And Mount Tur from the mountains of paradise. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Tabarani in his Kabir 17-80. Ibn Shayba in his Tariq Al-Madina 1-8 Hafiz Abdul Haq Dehlawi Rahmatullahi in his Jazb Al-Qulub Ila Diyar Al-Mahbub Absorption of the Hearts towards the City of the Beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam page 199 of the English translation So here the Prophet mentions Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that four mountains are from the mountains of paradise and the very first mountain he mentioned was Uhud and he famously said Uhud we love it it loves us And that particular statement is also in Bukhari and Muslim. Then he mentioned three other mountains. The mountains of the mountains of paradise, Mount Wariqan. So where is this mountain? Mount Wariqan is located in Al-Madina Al-Munawwara province of the Hijrah on route to Badr. So when you head towards Badr, you actually go past this blessed mountain, i.e. Mount Wariqan. 
And that is also the Prophet said, a mountain from the mountains of paradise. Then he mentioned Mount Lubnan. Mount Lubnan. Mount Lubnan is located in Lebanon. So it's actually another mountain in another country, Mount Lubnan. And then he mentioned the famous Mount Tur, i.e. being from the mountains of paradise. So in this report, which mountain was mentioned first? It was Uhud, even before Tur. And two of the mountains are famous, Mount Tur, but the two aren't as well known, Mount Wadiqan and Mount Lubnan. With regards to Mount Tur, there's an interesting report. Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cast his tajalli, his luster on Mount Tur, then six mountains flew in the awe of the magnificence of the sublime Lord. Three fell in Al-Madinah and three fell in Makkah. The three that fell in Medina are Uhud, Warqan and Radwa. The three that fell in Makkah are Hira, Shabir, and Thor. So this is recorded in Ibn Shayba in his Tariq al-Madina, Hafiz Abdul Haq Dahlawi, Rahmatullahi, in his Jazb al-Qulub, Ila Diyar al-Mahbub, PST 6 of the English translation. So let's break this down. So what does it mean when Allah Ta'ala cast his tajalli on Mount Tur? This is when Musa والسلام, requested to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, because you, you cannot see me. But if the mountain remains firm in its place, then you shall see me. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran, He showed His Tajalla, His, His Majesty to the mount. Mm-hmm. And the Quran says it turned to dust. Mm-hmm. But in this hadith, the Prophet added something, sallallahu alayhi wa Six mountains flew in the awe of the magnificence. So it wasn't just two. Some other mountains also were uprooted. And three of them fell in Medina. And three fell in Makkah. So Allah Ta'ala honored those mountains by placing them in the two harams. The three that fell in Al-Madina are Uhud. Now think about that. Uhud is actually, the origin from it is from Tur. <laughs> when Allah the Almighty showed His, his uh, splendor to Mount Tur, a mountain uprooted, and where did it land? Uhud. Warqan, the second. Go back to the previous report. What did the Prophet say? Jabalun min jibalil jannah wa wariqanu jabalun min jibalil jannah. From amongst the mountains of the mountains of paradise is Mount Wariqan. Where is it located? On the route to Badr. So the second mountain landed on the route to Badr. And the third is Radwa. Radwa. And I'll explain that in a bit, inshallah. The three that fell in Makkah are Hira, Shabir, which is the name of the mountain Mina, and Thor. So look how interesting. Hira is where Rasulullah received revelation. <laughs> and Thor is where he was with Abu Bakr Siddiq. 
So think about that. All of this is not a coincidence. When people say, look how fortunate that mountain was, you know, they call it Mount Nur, Jabal al Nur. It's not a coincidence. The origin was because of the tajalli of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look how fortunate Mount Thor was. It's not a coincidence. That was from the tajalli of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look how fortunate Uhud is. It's from the tajalli of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, Radwa. Hafiz Abdul Haq Dehlawi rahmatullah he clarified in his Jazm al Kulub ila Diyar al Mahbub, page 308 of the English translation. Warqan is a mountain four stations away from Al Madina al Murawwara on the Hijra route. The Radwa mountain, the one that you know, we need a commentary on. The Radwa mountain is located in one of the villages of Yanbo called Rahu, which is in Al Madina province. It's also in the province of Al Madina. The famous Mount Hira, Jabal al Nur, is in Makkah al Muqarraba. It is in the cave of this mountain that the beloved Messenger received the first revelation of the Quran. And Mount Thor is also in Makkah al Muqarrama. It was in the cave of this mountain that the beloved Habib and Sayyidina Abu Bakr sought refuge in the event of the Hijrah. So notice all of this was all planned for who? For Rasulullah. I think about that. There's a direct link where Musa asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine we ask you that question. Because when the Holy Prophet Musa was on the Blessed Mountain, probably the greatest moment in his life where Allah revealed his splendor, is that in any way at all linked to Rasulullah? So on the face of it, you're thinking, how is that linked to Rasulullah? Because the mountains where Rasulullah entered and traversed past were all in Makkah and al Madina, And they were there for him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Mount Thor is the remnant. Jabal al-Nun is the remnant of you know, the mountain. Uh, Jabal al-Rawda, i.e. on the way in the villages of Yambu called Rahu and Wariqan. The only mountain that seems to be off the track from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Walubnanu Jabalun min Jabal al-Jannah. Mount Lubnan from the mountains of paradise. Now what's interesting, one thing we do know about that mountain is that the country is called after that mountain, Lebanon. <laughs> so you got Palestine, Jordan, Lebanon. So why is it called Lebanon? Because it's named after the mountain. So why have they picked this mountain to name this, lo- this whole country? Because that's one of the mountains of paradise. <laughs> so note again, you know, how Allah was honoring both Makkah al-Muqarramah and also the city of our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa I, by the presence of his beloved messenger and other august, august and noble personalities. SubhanAllah. In conclusion, note that Mount Warakan is en route to the glorious location of Badr. So think about that. Even when they were traveling to Badr, Allah honored that route. He placed a mountain there, Warakan. Now what's interesting, Hafiz Abdul Haq Bihlavi, he said, Rahmatullah in Jazm al-Qulub ila Diyar al-Mahbub, page 254 of the English translation, amongst the astonishing things of this sacred place near the hillock where the martyrs of Badr are buried is the sounds of war drums 
that are heard at night emanating from them. There is no doubt about listening to this sound, as many individuals clearly heard and are still hearing it. There are numerous trustworthy people who hear, who heard these sounds. Many scholars say there is no truth in this, for nothing is mentioned in the revelation. But the latter scholars state that probably there is something under this sacred ground that is beyond the perception of the intellect. Subhanallah. So what's interesting? Badr. Allah Ta'ala mentions it by name. وَلَقَدْ نَسَلَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرِ Allah Ta'ala gave you victory at Badr. He mentions it. Surah Anfal is actually called by Ibn Abbas Surah Badr in Sayyid Bukhari. A surah is honored due to it. So there's martyrs there. So who were the martyrs? There were some say 11 martyrs, some say 14. Near the hillock where the martyrs are buried, at night, only at night, you can hear wardrooms. So, half is Abdul Haq Dehlavi, and he passed away in 1642. So, this is 380 or so years ago. He said there is no doubt, meaning that he must have also heard it. And he goes, Many trustworthy people have heard this. Then he said, and because this is he's a muhaddith. He goes, many scholars say there is no truth in this. Now, they didn't mean they denied it. Mm. What it meant was, we can't find anything to support this. Mm. But then he says, but the latter scholars, they state, probably there is something under this sacred ground that is beyond the perception of the internet. Meaning Allah has left a sign there, even to for the future generations, wardrooms. So whose wardrooms were they? Were they the believers or were they the kuffar? It seems to be the case it was the believers. Why? Because the sound is coming near from the martyrs of Badr. So what's interesting, one of the companions, Abdullah ibn Umar, the hadith is in Tabarani and Hayat al-Sahaba. He was turned away. He wasn't allowed to go on Badr. He's too young. I think he was uh, 13 years old. And this shows how eager the youth were to go on jihad. And he's, he's devastated because he, he wasn't allowed to go. Later on in his life, as fate would have it, he's traveling past Badr. And he's by himself. And during the night, he hears a sound. So he looks and he sees a, a skeleton come out of the earth. And the skeleton says, Ya Abdullah, give me water. And don't forget his name is Abdullah. And then he says, just as quickly as the skeleton said, give me water, another thing came out of the earth. He goes, don't give him water. He's the enemy of Allah. And then they both went back into the earth. Mm -hmm. So now, if, before even moving on, you know, you probably think he's going to go into trauma. Mm -hmm. The report just goes, mm -hmm. he got to Al Madina and then he mentioned it to the Prophet. And I actually started laughing, I thought, you know, it's like another day in the office, you know, what was that about? Normally, you know, you think, oh, you, what's up with you? Why is he going, why? Why can't he breathe? After two weeks of, you know, therapy, finally he comes around, he goes, oh, you don't know what I saw? This is the Sahab. So he says to the Prophet, because I saw something here, Rasulullah. He goes, what did you see? He described it. And the Prophet said, oh, you saw Abu Jahl. And he goes, he wanted water. 
what the angel said, he's the enemy of Allah. So now, where's Abu Jahl buried? Abu Jahl is buried in Badr. So Abu Jahl came out of the earth temporarily, so Abdullah ibn Umar could see him. Why did that take place? The scholars say because he wept, because he wasn't allowed to participate in Badr. SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala wanted to give him something that nobody else witnessed. So think about that. He's not a Badri. And yet, he has that unique gift. He goes, I was the last person to saw Abu Jahl. Think about that. He goes, how were you the last person to see Abu Jahl? He goes, I've seen him getting punished. And look how he described him, just skeleton. He's giving you water, what happened to his pride? Right? You know, think about it. And he's still getting punished. And this is happening under the land of Badr. So that's a hadith. So why should we find this place? We're hearing wardrooms coming from underneath that blessed land. And also, uh, at Badr, there's a masjid there now. Uh, we went to it. Unfortunately, it was uh, <laughs> closed. I thought, yeah, what's going on here? So why is there a masjid there? Because that is where Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa they built the makeshift uh, shelter for him, the Sahaba. The Sahaba goes, Ya Rasulullah, you stay here. And in case something happens, he goes, you can then go back to our brothers who will be there for you. <laughs> so what the Prophet did now, this is very important to highlight. Did he use that shelter? Yes, he did. Does that mean he didn't fight? No, he, he did fight. So what was he doing in the shelter? So Hazrat Ali radiallahu said, he was fighting and he was praying. So he was praying and he was fighting. So he was alternate, alternating between the two. And that is that famous shelter is where he was making dua before the battle. And his blessed uh, cloak came off his shoulders and he was weeping. He goes, Ya Allah, if you let this small band be destroyed, you will never be worshipped in the land anymore. And Abu Bakr then put his cloak back on his shoulders. He goes, you've asked enough, Ya Rasulullah. In other words, you don't need to ask anymore. Then Allah Ta'ala revealed verses indicating that they're doomed. That was that shelter. That shelter... They are now made into a masjid. That's why there's a masjid there. So again, people go there, they think, oh, no, that's interesting. You haven't got a clue what's going on. Right? You're actually on the spot where Rasulullah was supplicating to Allah subhanahu when revelation descended. So Badr is obviously a very special place. So how true, therefore, as always, were the words of our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says of the glorious Harb in Surah Al-Hajj, Surah 22, verse 32. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ليشهدوا منافع لهم that they may witness things which benefit them ليشهدوا منافع لهم that they may observe things which benefit them now this is the maqsad of hajj when a person says to you for instance why did Rasulullah do itikaf now look how strange that, you know, everybody should be able to answer it. And how many actually give you the correct answer? You'll get people saying, oh, he wanted to keep away from people. He wanted some time out. Then you go, no. And he goes, no, well, it was Ramadan. And obviously you get to the end of Ramadan and you, you know, you, you start, you know, making more effort. No. He did it the calf so he could find the night of Qadr. There's a maqsad. What is the maqsad of hajj? Again, people haven't got a clue. They say, oh, well, it's a test. No. It's a pillar of Islam. 
That's not the maqsad, is it? That's the command. What's the point? Why is Allah Ta'ala giving you hajj? He answers it himself. Mm-hmm. That they may observe things which benefit them. Meaning when you go to the holy lands, you're going to see things which are going to benefit you. So what's the problem? The problem is you don't know what you're observing. If you went prepared, you actually now know what's happening, where we're going. You're thinking, Allahu Akbar, this is Uhud. Then a the guy next to you goes, why are you getting excited for brother? It's just a mountain. He hasn't prepared. How is he going to benefit? So Allah Ta'ala is telling you how you take the maximum out of the pilgrimage. When you benefit from what you see. And obviously, even logically, wouldn't you at least once in your life want to go to those holy places where Rasulullah tread and live? Even logically. Allah Ta'ala has taken it out of your hands. He goes, you have to go. I've made a fadat upon you. Imagine if Hajj wasn't fadat. Wouldn't it be shameful if somebody goes, brother, you, you mentioned the Prophet, you talk about him so much. Have you been to Al-Madinah? The next minute, Chadat comes on. And he goes, what's up, brother? I'm being, what sort of a, you know, Muslim are you? You talk about Makkah so much every other session. You went to Makkah. So Allah Ta'ala wants you to go. And when you go, and the other beautiful thing, before concluding, is that when you go to Hajj and Umrah, you never get enough. What do I mean by that? Because when you go, you think that you've acquired some of the treasures. And inshallah, you have. But as you live and learn, get older and wiser, you realize I've just touched the surface. I missed out on so many treasures. You learn more. And then you think, I need to go back. And then you go again. Now you get other treasures. Then you think, mashallah, what the treasures? You live and learn, you get wiser. Suddenly, you, then you realize this is a lifetime project. But how tragic and sad people only go once. Imagine. Because I'm stressed. It stressed me out, brother. It stressed me out. What stressed you out? Hotel, right? Because what are you doing in a hotel? <laughs> the eternal peace and blessings of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa always and forever. And may he give us the tawfiq of visiting such priceless locations again and again. I mean, and obviously COVID kicked in, so we were snookered between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> we actually went on the day COVID struck. We were turned away on that day. Imagine, right? We got to the airport and they went, sorry. First, you know, the first batch, and we were good, we thought. But then we realized, you know, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We got the reward, we got the grace. And also, one of the great blessings, what we got, pure grace, is this was the sunnah. Rasulullah intended to do umrah, full intention. Sahaba intended to do umrah, they were turned back. So that is actually a sunnah. But that sunnah you can't plan. <laughs> Otherwise it's not a sunnah. You understand? So that was given to us. Alhamdulillah. We had full intention. And also the grief that they experienced. We actually felt that as well. Well, not to the level obviously as the great companions. And the other interesting thing about uh, their turning back. So many camels. Look how touching this is. Rasulullah brought 70 camels to sacrifice. So now question. Do you sacrifice camels for Umrah? No. Why has he brought 70 sacrificial camels? It's not hajj. There's no sacrifice unless you make a mistake. Even though he didn't perform the umrah, he sacrificed the camels and he sent all of the meat to the mountains. Now think about that. Look how you know how shameful they must have felt. They turned away Rasulullah and the hadith mentions that if a father 
if somebody kill your father and you saw him performing tawaf around the Kaaba, the Arab mentality was, we can't touch him. That's how much veneration they had for the Kaaba. Because he's come to perform Hajj and Umrah. He's, even though he's killed our father, we can't touch him. And they prevented who? These same people. Rasulullah. Imagine. And the companions. And in turn, what did Rasulullah do? Did he curse them? No. Imagine next minute, truck loads of meats coming. What's going on here? He's all, you've turned them away, but he sent you the meat. So no, the Prophet was always working on them. And this is what broke them down eventually. And then eventually they became Muslims. So not again, you know, many lessons we can take when going through the blessed seed of our beloved Messenger. So all I mentioned today was basically the four blessed mountains of paradise. SubhanAllah. So just to mention them again by name, you got uh, Uhud, Wariqan, Lubnan, and Mantur. And the two others from the other report is Radwa, sorry, one more, Radwa, Wariqan is also mentioned. And no, they're all linked somehow or somewhere to the Prophet except Mount Lubnan, which I'm not aware how that's linked to the Prophet And then I mentioned something about Badr, an amazing thing which people have witnessed and still witness. They hear the sound of war drums. SubhanAllah, coming from there, as if Allah has left that as a sign. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah, Allahumma, bihamdi, ka ishwala, ilaha illa anta astafurika, tu bulaika, wa di billahi, mulla shaitan jim, subhanallah, rabbika, rabbil, ilaha, 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 ilaha,